Welcome to the Malt Whiskey Trail Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for joining. The Malt Whiskey Trail Podcast is produced every fortnight and is best enjoyed, responsibly of course, with a dram, the traditional measure of scotch. Our show notes can be found at www.maltwhiskeytrail.com, where you can also plan your trip to the world's only malt whiskey trail. Now, let's get into the show. Slanjava. Today, I'm sat outside in Avalauer along the River Spey with Blair Bowman, who's the creator of World Whiskey Day. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. We wanted to speak with you about your thoughts on Speyside. It's the heartland of whiskey and an amazing place to visit and travel through. Speyside is really what helped my whiskey love kind of appear. Was, um, so I'm from Edinburgh originally and moved to Aberdeen Uni and then realized in my freshest week that we didn't have a whiskey club at Aberdeen Uni but there were really successful whiskey clubs at Glasgow University, Edinburgh University, and me and two other postgrads, we thought it was unfair that we were so near Speyside, you know, less than, what, 40, 45 minutes to Aberdeen. We thought it was really unfair that we didn't have a whiskey club, and we wanted to learn more about it, and it's really because of Speyside that my love of whiskey kind of grew. Tell us a bit about how you started World Whiskey Day. When I was um, studying in Spain as part of my degree, I saw one day it was World Gin Day, and because I was more interested in whiskey than gin, I typed in worldwhiskeyday.com had worldginday.com and I saw that the World Whiskey Day domain was available to buy so I bought it for about £12, chose a date and then it just overnight it just snowballed into you know something massive that it's become now and I was getting even in the first year I was getting messages from Australia and America and all across Asia people saying that they'd been to their kind of local whiskey bar they'd told them about it it was in the diary and what more could they do to kind of raise awareness and it was just it was a very easy concept you know it's basically getting people to drink whiskey on that day who don't normally drink it there's a lot of people who drink whiskey every day of the year and that's fine and that's you know every day is a world whiskey day for them but there's a lot of people who don't touch it and I really wanted to help bring whiskey to a newer audience well your new book which I have here is called the pocket guide to whiskey with a flavor tube map Um, it goes through a lot of different types of whiskeys and many different flavor profiles which I think when reading it is a huge help to guide someone who may be less experienced with tasting whiskey. I'm trying to help people understand that traditionally the whiskey industry has talked a lot about regions and it is, is very helpful to get people to understand that we do have these different whiskey producing regions but what I'm starting to notice through the work that I've been doing is that there is a kind of change in the traditional whiskey region so to speak so Speyside whiskies now don't necessarily all fall under the one umbrella as they kind of used to so for example you're getting like peated Glenfiddichs and peated Balvenies and you know things that traditionally we would have thought of peat coming from Isla so what I've done with this flavour tube map is I'm trying to help people see that you can get different types of whiskies that might suit your flavour you don't always have to just say oh I only drink Speyside or I only drink Isla or I only drink Highlands or Lowlands or whatever and the map does also incorporate a lot of different world whiskies yeah, we're covering the whole kind of flavour profile of what is available right now in the kind of world of whiskey. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with the starting points? I mean, for those who haven't, haven't mm-hmm. looked at the map yet, there are starting points within it yeah. that you can start out with if you if you like a Glenfiddich. Exactly, Walker. yeah. So that was, we put that in because we thought that it's, the map is helpful if you already know whiskey a little bit. So you can find the whiskeys that you already know if you've got one or two or three kind of favourites. You can see where they are on the map and see how they relate to others in terms of flavour. But if you've never had whiskey in your life and you don't know and you don't have any flavour reference points, we decided to create these starting points. So for, for all that, we've created uh, Johnny Walker as a starting point, Glenfiddich and Highland Park. So the idea is if you put three of those, so one each, 
put them side by side, you could try each of them and then decide, oh, you know, the Johnny Walker's more for me or I'm actually enjoying this Highland Park with a kind of peatiness and coastalness. So then you could take your exploration from that point. So that's why we've positioned those. So they're kind of at broad, kind of different parts of the map. If you're in this kind of area around the Glenfiddich area of the map, you'll realise that if you like that, you're going to like the ones in its close vicinity and so on. So... Again, for those who haven't seen the map yet, um, there are different colors that you yep. associated with the different flavor profiles. How did you make those colors yeah. the ones that they are, and how did you arrange It's a really them? good question. So we started with about 300 whiskeys on a spreadsheet, and then I had to kind of narrow that down into what we've got, 52 on the map. Um, but it started off initially, before we came up with the names for the lines, I tried to start to kind of cluster them based on what they tasted like. And then we had to go and kind of practice and test them. And, you know, it was basically on a living room floor with string and sellotape and masking tape and post-it notes and moving bottles around until we had just the right kind of line, if that makes sense, or kind of flight in a row. So that was how it came about. And then we started off, we just kind of, we took a while to get to the names, but I'm really happy with the names that we've got. So the, the largest line we've got on the map is the heart line. And that's a kind of, kind of nice kind of nod to the heart of the installation cuts through part of the map and all that kind of stuff and you will if you start at one end of the heart line and go to the other you will cover the whole world of whiskey you'll go from scotland to japan to america to ireland and all over um, and there's a lot of interchanges that come off there we've also got the easy loop so that is just like it sounds really easy nice simple you know not overly complex but you know still a lot of flavor going on in the easy loop We've then got the Intrepid line, which is, as it sounds, it's Intrepid, it's bold flavours, it's, you know, some of the more interesting New World whiskies appear on the Intrepid line. Then we have the Amber line, which I almost called the Ambrosio line initially, but then here, I don't know if you know about Ambrosia, which is like a custard and rice pudding, so people thought that was a bit too connected to that. So we've gone for Amber instead. So it's, again, like it sounds, it's Amber, it's honey, it's heather, it's kind of these kind of soft fruit notes. Um, my favourite line is the Decadent line, along here at the bottom. I should also mention that every line also has a build-up of flavour. So as you get towards the end of every flavour profile, there's a build-up of that particular character as you get towards the end. So my favourite is the Decadent line. So that's where you're finding the really sherried uh, whiskies as you get towards the final stop, which is the sherry wood finish. So as well as there being specific distillery brands, we do sometimes have categories or types of whisky, which then, if you go into that page, you'll find a lot more about that particular category. Um, then we've got the Coastal line, and then we've got what's called the Outliers Island. And to get to the Outliers Island, you have to get a ferry, and you can get the ferry from two different points. You can get it from the Intrepid line or from the coastal line, and you get a whiskey on the ferry at either crossing point. And that is again to kind of prepare you for what's going to lie ahead on the Intrepid line, um, which is very um, sorry. Pardon me, the Outliers Island, which is very smoky. And as you get further north up the Outliers Island, you get more and more smoke and medicine and TCP kind of notes. Mm-hmm. So that's in a nutshell. It's a it's a great way of of or like putting them together so that people, like you said, can can go Thank through you. them and, and start from. A, one that isn't too harsh for them. Yeah, they could go on a journey. If they wanted to learn to like Ardbegs or like a Villains of Frogs, but they didn't feel that they were yet ready and they were too maybe overwhelming and too intimidating, they could start, you know, at the end of the coastal line down over here open and then work their way along. And over, you know, several nights or months or however long it takes them, they could get there eventually and it's not going to be too intimidating because they're going to have got there gradually and their palate will have adjusted to it and they, they can kind of graduate into it over time. And I like the word journey that you use mm. because it's not something that you can just do over a space of a day. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's meant to be enjoyed, it's meant to... Yeah, you're you meant know, to savour it and you know I talk a lot about when I do tastings about really savouring the whiskey and it's taking time to enjoy it because it takes a long time to make. You know, and sometimes whiskies can take you know, 10, 15, 18, 20, 30, whatever years and it can be gone in an instant you enjoy the whiskey. 
So one of the ones that I've actually noticed that is on a lot of the tubes is the Glenlivet. Yeah, it's a big interchange station down here. What can you tell us about why that is the interchange that so you've chosen? So that's there because also it's, it's well known. So the, the partly the map is whiskies that people will know and find easily accessible in their supermarket or you know local shops. There's also stuff that's a bit more niche. But you know, Glenlivet's a massive brand. It's well known, you know, just like Glenfiddich and others. But I felt that more than Glenfiddich, Glenlivet has a lot of different flavour characteristics to it that could be a good inroad to then go off in a different direction. So the, on the map, the Glenlivet is an interchange for the Heartline, the Amberline, actually the Coastal Line as well, and the um, the Decadent Line. So it's really a big central point for the map. We have quite a few different distilleries along the Whiskey Trail mm-hmm. that I've seen in your in YouTube map. Yeah. Can you tell us which other ones, um, like Ben Romick, I believe, yeah, is you got that up, yeah. in the easy. the easy loop. So we do have a lot of the kind of space sites, but like I've just been saying, they're kind of dotted around the map in different yeah. places because it's more flavour-based rather than geography-based. Yeah, certainly. So, as I mentioned, we are in the Mott Whiskey Trail in Speyside. There are so many things to do within this area, mm. including going along the trail, yeah. going to some of these distilleries, but it's not always just about getting the whiskey, like tasting the whiskey. What have you experienced in Speyside that you find interesting or... To, to be noteworthy? Um, I think visiting places like the Cooperage, you know, and seeing how more than just kind of tasting the whiskey at the end of the tour, really getting hands on and seeing how it's made. And it's just fascinating just watching the guys making the casket. It's such a skill, and it just really, I think, literally hammers home, pun unintended, that, you know, it's, it's such a craft. And, you know, if we didn't have the Coopers, we wouldn't have the whiskey, and it's all this kind of full circle. It's also really lovely driving around and just kind of seeing little pagodas popping around as you're kind of driving around the area. Um, I mean, there's so many aspects uh, to Speyside. It's yeah, almost overwhelming, I guess. When you come to Speyside, because obviously you're not from, you don't live here, mm-hmm. what do you like to do? That's a really good question. Um, I'm a bit of a creature of habit, I guess. I like to do. I like to kind of go to the same places that I know that I like, but I like trying new things as well. But um, I mean, if I'm in Abelau, I'd probably stop for lunch in the mash tun because uh, it's great. And but it depends where I am in Speyside, I guess. And there's and it's such a small community, and I feel that you know I've kind of over years built up a good relationship with people up here. So if I'm driving through Dufftown, I'll stop by the whiskey shop and say hi to Mike. And you know, it's just a lovely community feel, and I feel that you always get that whenever you come any time of year. Um, even when you're coming, and I come here a lot, even off season, it's I think it's a lovely atmosphere. Well, I certainly recommend for anyone listening to take a look at your book because it is very helpful and I'll certainly be rereading it over and over and over again. And I'll just say finally, it's available on Amazon um, and Waterstones and Blackwells or direct on my website. Well, Blair, thanks so much for sitting outside today with me in this lovely weather and I really look forward to our next whiskey chat. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for joining. Come back often and feel free to leave a review and add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at The MWT, Instagram and Facebook at The Malt Whiskey Trail for latest news, offers, and some exciting promotions. All links are in the show notes.